Welcome to the Wounded Healers podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Janessa. We are two women who were diagnosed with autoimmune diseases in our early 20s. We were lucky enough to find each other and find community And it's something that we want to bring to anyone else who may be in a similar place. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing well. Yes, we've got a really exciting episode for you today, if I do say so myself. Yeah, we have an extra special guest, Janessa's husband, Zach. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach DeBell, Janessa's husband. That's him. (laughs) Um, thank you so much for being here, Zach. We're so happy and we think um, our listeners are really going to value hearing what chronic illness can be like from the side of a partner or boyfriend. So thank you. Definitely. So am I. Okay, cool. Well, maybe um, before we get into like the, the deep and introspective questions, maybe you could just talk a little bit about your relationship, like how you met and all that sort of stuff. I know we, we spoke about it in your diagnosis story, but... Yeah, absolutely. So Zach gives me this look when he's like, you go girl, so I'm going to go girl. Um, so I'll start off with how we met. Zach and I met in college in Washington State. Washington State is Zach's home state. He's from just outside Seattle. And we went to school in a small um, town, but the capital of Washington State, Olympia, Washington. Um, My freshman year and Zach's sophomore year, I'm going to kind of toot our own horns here. We made it into an upper division biology class, even though we were lower division students. So (laughs) that is exciting for us at that time. Um, But when I was there, Zach was not someone I knew at the time. And when I saw him sitting in lecture, Zach had the most like curled mustache at the time. He had this striped shirt on and this like very, what I would call like a European looking hat on to me. And this, I have to say was bad because I definitely prejudged Zach, um, not only with what he was wearing, but he had great handwriting, still does. And he just had good posture, everything. So I was like, ugh this guy. And in my mind, I, I didn't know that Zach was from the US. He looked very European to me at the time. So I thought he was from France. So my mind, Zach was this cool French guy who I just was like, Oh, he's so in himself. I love my French people. So don't worry out there. But this was just a bad prejudgment on my end. And thankfully was completely shattered. Once um, Zach asked a question. So our professor called on him after a lecture and Zach spoke and to my surprise, he was not European. He was very American. (laughs) And uh, through lab work that we did together and around each other, I got to know him a little bit more with small conversations at that time. And he ended up being extremely kind, one of the most kind souls I know. So I was pleasantly surprised. And that just goes to show that our thoughts are not always our reality. Nice. Um, I just have to add now um, for any people listening, Zach looks like the quintessential American man. <laughs> now he has like lumberjack shirt, um, not curly mustache and like a very cool khaki cap. Like it's giving, it's giving like he's just rolled out of his truck with his dogs behind him. That's what it's giving. He looks great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And 
my dad is actually from Holland, so my last name is Dutch. If you've seen it, it the spelling trips everyone up, and they ask me where I'm from. Um, from U.S., but my dad is Dutch. So that's as uh, European as, as he gets, that last name. <laughs> so Zach, to continue the story of how we first met, Zach and I did not actually officially come together during that class, that biology class. We both were actually in other relationships. So um, it was kind of nice because we both were, you know, seeing each other around school. We definitely, I thought he was cute, but I wasn't particularly interested at the time, even though he was nice. So by my junior year, we both ended up by chance at this Halloween party. And I wasn't drinking then because I'd just been diagnosed with RA and I was on medication that made it so I couldn't drink. So Zach and I met there. And the truth is, the reason we started talking at the Halloween party is because I was trying to get him out of my friend's bedroom because she was wanting to um, hook up with a guy in there. So there was a bunch of people in there. And I was like, oh, I know this guy. I'll talk to him and get him out of the room. (laughs) And what did I do? I became another person in the room because Zach started talking to me about art and school and these like intellectual great things. And um, yeah, so then we went downstairs finally and I was getting to the end of the party and Zach was like, do you like sushi? And I was like, I love sushi. And Zach was like, do you want to go get sushi with me? And I was like, like a date. And he's like, like a date. And I was like, yes. And that is how it all started. But we didn't actually end up getting sushi. (laughs) I made sushi. Well, we could say we made sushi, but I made sushi. And um, because I'm the cook of the relationship, not to Mm -hmm. uh, impose, but it's true. Janessa can make eggs and she can burn everything else. Yep, I um, love burning things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we made some sushi and some pod stickers. And I was living in kind of a grungy house with like five other guys. Um, but I took some sheets and made it a tablecloth and kind of prettied up the uh, the living room. Um and that's where we ate. So yeah, he even put like flowers on the table, and he had what I think you were playing Miles Davis when I came in, mm-hmm. or Louis, Louis Armstrong. Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He was playing Louis Armstrong on vinyl. What a little hipster! And um, yes, it was a very sweet thing. And before I showed up, he texted me and said, "Feel free to get dressed if you like." He cleaned up well because the house, like he said he was living in, was such a college house. It was so gross. Like I can tell you as as a, as a girl going in there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is gnarly. Um, so he cleaned it up to the best of his ability, and um, it was a beautiful dinner. Well, if you if you want to talk about cleanliness, we can get into that. All right. Well. That's for another episode. I'm the messy one. <laughs> My God, so Zach just Zach has absolute riz. It sounds like. <laughs> um, so Janessa, I'm intrigued because obviously you had just been diagnosed at this point. So, what was your mindset like? Were you in the space to be dating? You know, where were you at? That's a great question. Um, so my mindset wasn't very good at the time, to be honest, and 
when Zach had asked me out on this sushi date, I did not foresee that becoming anything serious at the time. Um, Of course, I had dreams of something becoming serious, but like I shared in my first, in our first episode for my story, I felt like who's going to love me? Like I really deeply felt that. I felt extremely broken and disoriented. Like my whole life just felt completely flipped upside down. So for me, no, I, I wasn't in this relaxed, open, loving state when I first met Zach. I was in a state of confusion, but also trying to find some flow. So like trying to live my life. Um, so yeah, it, I wish I could tell you it was whimsical and it was like just this beautiful time where I was so open and everything just fell into place, but I was struggling. I was struggling a lot at that time. And so, um, yeah, when Zach came into my life, where I was at is I was at a point where I didn't know who I was and what I wanted. And, um, that, that is something that helped me a lot. Zach coming in with openness and with pizzazz and with some excitement for life because I didn't feel like I had much of that in my life at that moment. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, I can relate. And I know when I was in that exact space too, and like feeling like you at that point, I remember feeling like I would never find someone who would be able to understand um what I was going through so Zach do you remember your initial thoughts at the time when how Janessa told you like where was your head at yeah well I didn't know what it was at first at all um but the way she explained it I guess I was just thankful that you know she opened that part of herself up to me because it was earlier on in our relationship. So um, just being vulnerable in that state, you know, meant a lot to me because it was also a time where I wasn't, I guess right before it wasn't really looking for super serious relationship. And I guess, you know, it, it kind of comes in when you least expect it, but having that vulnerable side um, and open up to me like that was remarkable and you know I'm really thankful for that oh that's just so beautiful to hear and I know that's going to be so meaningful to so many people listening to this podcast who feel could potentially feel like you know no one's gonna understand no one's gonna you know be able to love me like this I know I definitely felt like that so to hear that you actually you know you were more impressed by Janessa because of her vulnerability with you and stuff that's such a powerful message Mm -hmm. for people listening yeah it's it's refreshing and I think that's just what our last episode was with with Grant too is he kept saying like you really do get to see who's meant to be in your life like when you share this information with them because those people who you know care um are going to be there for you and the people who are not able to care for you at that time or just don't have that within them um you get to choose whether or not you expend your energy in that direction 
Yeah, so true. It's such a such an amazing way to kind of cultivate the the friendships and relationships with the kind of people that you really want to have in your life. Um, so Zach, when you were when Janessa told you, did you find any good resources or any kind of areas to research RA and what it was so like for her? I didn't do much research on my own, but as a little disclaimer to that, I think that everyone experiences, you know, illness or chronic illness differently. And I don't think, you know, I could have gotten a a blanket diagnosis term off the internet or something like that, but having someone close to me describe it, how they're feeling it and how they're going through it is going to be much more real and, you know, easier for me to see what's really going on and have them describe it in the way that, you know, they're really dealing with it. I think that that is, you know, being with my wife is, that's the way I want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it as a blanket term. I don't want to, you know, go out looking for some kind of cure-all because it's different for everyone. And I want to deal with, you know, her as an individual and how she's reacting to it. So from your experience of being together, and I guess this is a question to like both of you, what do you think is the best way for a partner to be helpful in the circumstances? I mean, I know it's going to be different for every couple, but what have, what have you guys found that works well when it comes to support? Oh, I'll go first with this one. Um, I think, you know, support-wise, I have tried to do a lot of things along with Janessa in her journey. Um, Holistically, a lot of the time, you know, we went vegan for a long period of time to try and, uh, you know, have a more holistic approach. Um, I know that food affects her. Um, and her RA quite a bit. So um, we went through that. Um, We've done juicing, tried making anti-inflammatory foods, since I do a lot of the cooking. Um, You know, we started working out together. Um, We actually started climbing, which I think is great for both of us. I think it gets Janessa's kind of out of thinking in her head a lot. Um, so it's a good mental health, you know, exercise as well. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of it is just going through everything with her, you know, listening to, you know, when she needs to talk about it, you know, seeing her through the pain that she deals with, you know, every day and just being there for her, um, in whatever way she needs me at that point. It's, it's tough because, there's a lot of things that I wish I could, you know, take on for her or help her with. And a lot of that I can't do. Yeah, I can imagine. I think a lot of um, people that care for people with chronic illness feel that same way in terms of, I wish I could take take it from you or like share the, share the burden with you. So yeah, what about you, Janessa? What do you think in terms of getting help from your partner? Yeah, um, 
in terms of getting help from my partner, from Zach, um, I would say one thing that he may not notice that I really, really appreciate is that um, he does ask how I want to be cared for. And like he said earlier, you know, with the last question, it's individual, like everybody's experience with a condition and with an autoimmune disease and just in life, everybody is an individual and will have their own take on things. So he really is good at making sure that he is asking for what I need and the, how he can best support me. Um, the one thing I will put in there that I do know about myself and, you know, if you can relate to this, I'm sorry, first of all, but also, Hey, I'm here with you. It's that I've always been a little bit stubborn in the department of, I can do it myself. I have always had that kind of energy about me. And, um, I know sometimes that can come off as I don't need your help sometimes and whether or not I mean it to come off like that. So I do notice that Zach is really good at making sure that he allows me the space to try and do what I'm going to do to help myself while supporting me from from the side. So he's not trying to um, interfere with that kind of aspect of my personality, which has also been really nice as well. Nice. That's so um, like important and powerful. Um, do you think, Zach, do you think you kind of learned that over time or do you think that was just immediately how you saw Janessa and so you were, you just decided to support her that way immediately? Or do you think that was like trial and error and you eventually realized that that was not, that was how she needed to be taken care of? I think over time, I most likely learned it. Um, you know, we were doing a lot of things, like I had mentioned before, holistically, um, trying a lot of different things. She went through a ton of different types of medication. So, you know, over time I saw, you know, she's trying the best she can, all these different medications, holistic approaches. Um, so, you know, I got the feeling that, you know, she knows her body and she knows, you know, when things are going to happen and she's trying. So I want to be there for her, but, you know, um, she's also doing this individually and, uh, as much as I can be there for her, I will, but, um, she was taking, you know, the forefront and, you know, really trying to fight this as much as possible. Nice. And that probably um, leads on to another question, which is probably more for Jessa. Um, but do you think there are any signs that people can look out for um, in their partner? So if their partner has a chronic illness, do you think there are like clues and signs that your partner can look for to get a read on you to say that like you might be about to enter a flare up so that they can they can start thinking about that and ways that they can help. So like for me, if I'm, if I'm going through like a big period of stress for whatever reason, it's really likely that I'll flare up after that. So that would be a good way for my partner to be like, oh, okay, might need to give Amy some extra TLC. So do you have um, similar signals and things like that? Definitely. Yeah. Um, 
again, everybody's going to have their own kind of signals, but my biggest signal is stress as well. And Zach has come to see how stress correlates with flare-ups for me. So he knows when I'm stressed, it's actually kind of difficult for me to hide that from him um, or not even hide, but conceal it. You know, (laughs) Um, I'm very vocal in our relationship. So he can tell. And when that happens, you know, he really has worked on helping me to be guided to practices I already have in place that have helped me in the past. So something a partner could say if, you know, their partner is going through it is something that's applicable to that person. Like, remember how you were journaling um, when you went through this? Do you think that would be helpful right now? Or is there anything I can do to help you create space to meditate right now? Um, there's, there's a lot of like individual things, or maybe it's someone who likes art. So it's like, Hey, would you like me to get your, your paints out right now so that you can enjoy some time painting? Yeah. Something I've done with Janessa probably for six years, um, is like, let's take a deep breath together. Um, you know, kind of ground ourselves in this moment so we're not just ruminating on whatever emotion is in there right now you know deal with it have the emotion come through and then release it um so we do that quite a bit um yeah and she's very open with her stress and what's going on in her life with me and I think that communication is super important um I mean, communication is like the foundation of a relationship, but especially in times of stress where she's going to, you know, possibly flare up and, you know, it's, it's just that much more meaningful and needed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And to add on to that, you know, other, other signs for me um, are signs like not just stress, but mood. Like sometimes I I feel really down about things. And as we spoke about in the mental health episode, I have a reoccurring, um, you know, mental health struggle, which is chronic depression. And Zach knows that that also can sometimes result in a flare or it can really result in a depressive episode that can last for a little bit for me. So he also recognizes when there are days, multiple reoccurring days when I just have not feeling bubbly, um, or as lively as I, you know, tend to. So, um, in those cases, even if your partner doesn't struggle with, you know, any mental health issues, it is really good when you see them feeling down to just check in and say, Hey, I, it seems like you're feeling a little down. Like, are you feeling okay? You know, what's going on? What's going on in your mind? Nice. That's there's so there was so many gems. There was so much insight in what you guys just said. Um, I yeah, that was really beautiful. Um, and I just wanted to pull out. Um, I mean, there's quite a lot I want to pull out, but one thing that I want to pull out is um how you are encouraging those healthy habits. So I think this is something that's quite um can be quite jarring when you you know you want someone to help themselves but they're in a place like where they're not they're not there so like you know if someone 
hasn't been eating right and this is this goes across all people not just people with chronic illness but if you know someone's um yeah just been eating loads of processed food for ages and they're like oh like my energy is so low and you know that their diet will be having a massive reason like a massive part of that um but they won't acknowledge that it's really hard to be like but why don't you eat a vegetable (laughs) you know without offending that person so what you pulled out Zach around um you hey do you remember when you did that journaling and it really helped you why don't you um kind of pick up your journal again I just think that's really nice phrasing that I think people can take away from this and remember to use that in their in their daily lives um yeah I just wanted to pull that out because that's I think that's really insightful and helpful mm-hmm. and that's you know that's kind of what you're saying to me about not wanting to you know offend or not wanting to approach somebody who may be going through really anything but even a chronic illness um, in a way that you don't want to approach them so that they become more reclusive and go more inward with themselves and like shut you out more but it's that can be that can be hard and i think one thing i would caution people who um are in those circumstances and are not on the end of dealing with the chronic illness or mental health issues or just going through something actively is to remember that um you are there to you know do your best to provide love and support but also you have to protect yourself too like you do need your energy to be intact so there are times where I'm I'm gonna call myself out you know I I am no by no means a perfect wife and I don't aim to be at all but I have days where Zach has done everything that a caring loving compassionate partner can do for for me and um and still I'm not, I, me, Janessa, I am not able to receive that sometimes. I'm not able to accept that in. And so when I have retrospective time to think, I can see how he was there for me and I just couldn't accept it in those moments. But that is one of the beauties I'd say about our marriage. And I think it doesn't even have to be marriage. It could be friendship with somebody you're close with, but personally speaking, in our marriage, that's the beauty of this is that he does not, and he and I, we do not run away from each other when we're not at our best. And I think it's just so easy nowadays to leave when things get hard. And I used to do that a lot with things in my life, but that's one of the most beautiful things about a relationship. And that I think really got us to the place we are now is we don't run from each other. We always come back to a place of compassion and we discuss, you know, hey, what what went well there and what are some things we need to work on next time? Wow, that's amazing. You really will have discussions like that saying like, that went well and this is what we need to work on together. Yep. That's, that's yeah, so mature. The emotional maturity from you two, I can't even cope. Like that's so impressive. So impressive. So something that's really amazing about Zach is that his mom raised him like very intentionally as well as his dad. And so um, I think one of the 
best things about Zach in my eyes is that because he was raised with such intention and a lot of compassion and his mom really does the work like she um, her backgrounds in counseling as well so she does like therapy and she's very in touch with who she is and where she is in her life at this time so that transferred so beautifully to Zach as a human being and he was raised with like really beautiful coping skills because his mom had the tools and dad had the tools to understand that. And um, his dad's amazing and is a physical therapist. So I can see how it transferred to Zach in that way that Zach is good at like being able to care for me physically, like knowing how to help me stretch things I wouldn't have known if I didn't have, you know, a chiropractic father growing up so I think you know his his parents they're part of the package deal really I really lucked out we both did but I lucked out because not only do I love Zach but I I really love his parents too and so um I admire like every little bit of energy and magic that went into um creating this human being (laughs) Janessa also has an amazing family (laughs) mine's a little weird (laughs) Yeah, they're weird, but I love them. <laughs> um, that's amazing, Zach, about your mom and dad. What was it like growing up with a mom that was like very intentional and stuff? How did she pass things on to you and all of that? Meditation. Um, that's something that me and Janessa have tried to implement more um, in our relationship and just in our lives. But in high school, that was a little bit bigger for me. My mom meditates every morning and I kind of, I really, I guess, appreciated that and wanted to be, you know, I guess it's like monkey see monkey do, but um, I admired that in her. Um, And I did start to meditate more and I think, you know, Janessa as well. And that's something that we, you know, practice and use and it's, an amazing tool but um in other regards you know my mom and me talked a lot about philosophy um she got her master's in phenomenological existential psychology which is say that four times wow <laughs> yeah so that's um a lot and um so we we talk philosophical conversations and you know, just being able to be open with um, someone that's so close to you and kind of knows everything about you and raised you is, uh, it's a different experience, especially when you become an adult and you, you know, are able to have those deep discussions with someone um, and someone in your family. Uh, Yeah, it's hard to describe how it was being raised that way, I would say. I went through all alternative schools, even the college I went to was alternative. Um, and my mom said, you know, she's raised Catholic, so she's she's like, you're either going to go to Catholic schools and get a really good education with no self-expression, or <laughs> you're going to go to all the alternative schools. And I mean, she decided alternative, and um, thank the universe for that (laughs) um so yeah um you know I did a lot of art with her I 
have done art my whole life. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful. That's amazing. Do you think she'd come on the podcast? <laughs> Can we interview her? She, yeah, she probably would. Yeah, yeah she listens. So hi, Mary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's incredible. I'm sure there's, um, I mean, it goes a long way to explaining um, everything that we've kind of discussed today. Um, uh, yeah. And what a, what a, what a gift she gave you by, um, raising you that way. And I feel like that also kind of explains the, um, handwriting as well, because <laughs> these boys out here can't write. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think it does. <laughs> I like it. Hot girls don't have tonsils and these boys out here can't write. That's what <laughs> Do you think, Jadessa, do you think you have always been able to express how you're feeling um, well and clearly? Or do you think that's something that you've, is that like a skill that you've developed over time? That's a great question. Um, I'm, I had a little chuckle to myself because um, all like even since I was a little kid there I've been very expressive as a person and within my family the joke is that I am like the talker like if you are ready to have a conversation come sit down with me during the holidays I will talk to you for hours and we're gonna have a good time you know (laughs) so I just I have a lot of energy in that way but one thing I will say is that what I've learned about myself is that you know um if people know about human design, this might make more sense, but if you don't, I hope it still makes sense. But I really, I'm human design, I'm a projector and I identify with that because all that really means is that I, when I speak to people, I really feel them and I feel like their energy and can, you know, actually have really moving conversations about what they're doing um, with their life and how their feelings impact, you know, their life and their experiences. However, when I go to do that for myself, um, because I project outwardly and I help others see, it's almost like I have a one-way mirror just facing that person where I can help them see themselves, but I can't turn that mirror back on myself to see me. And so, while I am good at expressing things, I have this kind of ongoing conversation in my mind of, oh, am I expressing it well enough? Does this person, um, like, are they getting the full picture of what I need and how I'm feeling? So sometimes I can make myself feel a little alienated when I go too in depth with it. But I do know that like, I am expressive and I just hope it comes off the most authentic way that I mean it to. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're a super authentic person. If that is, well, that is definitely within the top five words <laughs> I would use to describe you. Um, but yeah, I think that's just like, it's, I think it's just phenomenal, like that level of self-awareness. And I'm sure that um, feeds in really nicely into your, into your relationship together um yeah beautiful love it so there is there is kind of one more question on on the list of questions um and that is around what do you think has been the hardest part of RA so I can kind of see from what we've spoken about the the positives are definitely like 
building together and being able to communicate honestly and like practicing healthy habits and all of this do you think what do you think is is how how do you think Ari challenges your relationship the most yeah um when I think about the large struggles that we have been through um and how they relate to RA goes back to when we were living in Washington um and we were both out of school and um I was working pretty long hours a lot of the time and um Janessa was struggling with mental health a lot um which was you know the the biggest part I could see but also that stress and how her mental health was affecting her physical health was also um really apparent she couldn't sleep some nights um she woke up just in incredible pain and um that was just a a dark time for both of us um and you know eventually the way we really got out of it was a complete change of location. You know, the, the cold affects her joints as well. And Washington, it does rain nine months out of the year and it's cold. It snows about once a year, um, in the area we were living and, um, the change of scenery, more sunlight, vitamin D, you know, affected Janessa super positively. And, I'd never lived anywhere else, but I decided, you know, I'll, you know, I'm in this with her for the long haul. So we uh, moved down here back to Cal- California back for her. It's my first time. Um, and we've been here ever since. But that that was a difficult time. And, you know, thinking back on it, it's the hardest that um, – probably thing in any relationship I've been through but you know going through those things is really what makes you closer to the person and you know strengthens our relationship even though it was such a tough time and um you know we communicated a lot during that time but it was it was tough Mm -hmm. wow that is just there's just going to be so many people out there that are going to hear that and be just that is going to fill them with so much hope you know to know that of you know there are wonderful people out there that will move their whole lives all the way down the west coast of America so that you can live in the sunshine although that's not exactly what happened but um you know that's um that's really amazing that's really amazing that you would do that for her and obviously she is absolutely worth it so it makes sense um but yeah that's amazing. And then I just, and Oh, go on. A big thing with it was, you know, she communicated to me what she needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it and, you know, she needed to be back closer to her family to be in sunshine. And, you know, so that communication was really what, you know, got us out of that, you know, rut. And, you know, helped our relationship and her health immensely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you feel yeah. about asking for that, Janessa? Do you um, remember? I, 
yeah, I do. <laughs> I was really nervous. Um, and I, I don't know. I know in the first episode I mentioned this, but if you haven't listened to that, you should listen to it because it's really fun um, and good. But um, what, what we're getting at here too is Zach and I actually, we moved in with each other. Um, actually, what I think most people would consider early in a relationship. I think we had been together for six months and it ended up working that Zach's um, housing situation was coming to an end and he needs somewhere to go. And mine was too. So we got this month to month lease for a little townhouse. And we knew that, you know, that is a riskier decision while I was still in college, you know, that's like a big decision to make. Um, but we took that chance together and yeah, the, it, it could have gone either way, but for us, it really worked out. So when Zach's saying he saw this dark time, it was actually really hard for me because I couldn't hide. We lived together. He saw like everything. Like we had one bathroom, you know, we're sharing the bathroom. We're sleeping in the same bed. You know, um, it, it's hard to hide. It's hard to conceal what you're going through when you are in such close quarters with someone. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of a saving grace because if I didn't have Zach there seeing that and witnessing that, I in the past have been such a people pleaser that I don't know if I ever would have shown that to anybody like at all. And I probably would have been way worse off and not been okay. And so um, that's just, you know, it, it worked out well that we were together. And with Zach's kind of, you know, referring to as well with not sleeping, I, my knees were so, so swollen and so painful. It was hard to walk. It was hard to get up to the bathroom. And there was like one night in particular, I remember that I think Zach (laughs) can also recall, but I woke up in the middle of the night, like kind of screaming because I, I don't know what exactly happens to this day, but like my leg like spasmed Um, and because my knees were so swollen, it like, it it was this shooting pain up my body that just woke me up screaming and crying. And like, it was nothing I could have like controlled. And it was a very strange way to wake up. And in that moment, I'm not thinking of how attractive I am or anything like that. I'm just thinking, oh my God, like what the fuck is going on now, you know, (laughs) with my body. So so yeah, it's he really um, first-handedly got to see it without any filter on, and it was just kind of raw and honestly uncomfortable at times because, you know, I did want to be desirable, but there I was feeling like I was falling apart. Wow, um, yeah. So that's really interesting because it was almost like you didn't need to consciously share with Zach; he was seeing it firsthand which probably is, is well, in some ways easier, but in some ways much harder as well, because it, it's much more vulnerable for you, Janessa. Um, wow. Definitely. I also wanted to ask, um, on a kind of slightly cheerier note, because I remember when Janessa told me um, your engagement story, she did it, um, it made me laugh quite a lot. Um, and I'm guessing that kind of comes fairly close next in the story so you moved down to California and I know you proposed in California didn't you I think mm-hmm. yeah so um Zach proposed to me I'm still on the mic again and then I'll give it to him <laughs> but he proposed to 
me at Sequoia National um, Park. And um, I'll let him take it from here. Here's that. <laughs> yeah, so, well, this is an interesting story, I guess. Uh, I can start it mm, the night before, I guess. Um, I became close with Janessa's dad. Um, and we were kind of like drinking buddies for <laughs> the times that I went over to um, her parents' house because we, we live only so f- a couple hours away from them. So we were up there every every month or so. Um, and one night, you know, I was talking to him and told him that um, I wanted to propose to her to get, you know, his blessing, which um, I got. Score. Great. Um, (laughs) And uh, we had loosely planned that we were going to go to Yosemite the next day. And the next day came. And, yeah, Janessa had, um, well, her grandparents didn't want to go. Her little brother and sister didn't really want to go. So we ended up going to Sequoia. And... Janessa had just gotten surgery on her elbow, so she's kind of still recovering from that. She's got this big, you know, eight-inch scar in a sling, you know, um, and I have this diamond ring in my back pocket that's bulging out because I'm wearing these shorts that are too tight, and I'm trying to hide this the whole time from her, and... um, we get to one spot and there's like a nice view and um, I almost do it, but it's kind of like next to a bathroom and uh, <laughs> it's like, not the best time. I was like, turn around. So I almost did it. And I was like, no, 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 not the right spot. We hiked in a little more. got to a really beautiful spot. Um, Wait, before, before he gets to the good stuff, I just have to interject. Okay, so we got to the top, and it is by this, like, really stinky, stinky bathroom. And on at the top, my parents had gone before us because my stepdad, or pardon me, my dad, he knew what was going on. Like, he was like, okay, we're going to go a little bit ahead. So my mom was coming down, and she's like, oh, no, this view is not as good as I thought. And so I get up there. It's stinky from the bathroom. And, yeah, the view, like, it was beautiful. It's nature, but it wasn't, like, stunning, you know? So I was like, yeah, this isn't it isn't that stunning, but it's nice. <laughs> so poor Zach, I had no idea what was going on, and I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but I was like, okay, let's keep hiking a little bit so that we can, you know, try and – you know, get the view while we're here. Cause you know, her family turned around and I was like, no, let's keep going, keep going. Get to them. There's this nice little view with this valley. And I'm like, close your eyes, take a deep breath. If you recall, this is what we do, you know, taking the moment. But, um, I got on my knee and started crying a bunch. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> um, and yeah, asked her to marry me. And yeah. what'd you say? Oh, I, okay. I always, 
Okay, I've never like super dreamed of this moment, but as I got older, I always pictured this like beautiful badass moment where I'm like, yes, of course. But it wasn't like that. I was like, <gasps> I was like crying so much and like I had snot coming out. My arm was in a sling. I was looking real rough and I was just like, yes. And like, yeah, it was from the heart and sincere. And it was like an instant, like, yes. But the yes was tears and snot and a sling <laughs> and her whole family was her whole family was at the bottom and so we told them and then her mom who's as eccentric as she is was telling random people in the parking lot like my daughter's engaged there's this whole there's a whole thing um then we got back to her house and her grandparents bought a, an immense amount of tacos like <laughs> Like maybe two hundred tacos. It was a little. There was what six of us. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah, my to give you a little background too. My grandpa's from England, and so like directly from England, moved here when he was like twenty seven, and um, he was just so elated that uh, we got engaged, and he was like. I'm ordering tacos and like I guess the only way this place would cater tacos is like to order it like in like dozens and so so many tacos so yeah it was a evening filled of love and not only uh, emotional love but love for tacos beans Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Um, and that just gave me honestly chills when you were like, we closed, we closed our eyes and like took in the moment, and that's something we do together. Like, ah, oh, chills. Um, I love it. And then that makes me think of um your wedding. So, Janessa, do you remember where you like flaring at your wedding? Did planning your wedding make you flare, or you know, anything, anything like that? That's a great question. Um, Actually, you know, before uh, we got married, right before was one of the best times um, for me and my body. So I had just, you know, like I had been a little less than a year at that time. I had been vegan. I was really strictly vegan. And um, I saw all these like really amazing changes in my inflammation. But I also was uh, on an infusion medication, which I do know likely played somewhat of a role in that. But, um, you know, I was coming off my medications. I was at a place where I was more stable, which is wild if you've listened to our medication episode, because I felt like I'd never get off medication ever. But I did. So when it was our wedding day, I I wasn't flared and I felt really, really good in my body. And um, I'm so grateful for that because I understand and I can absolutely empathize with anyone listening who did not get to have that experience um in their body on that day and I'm sending you so much love um but yeah I did I am very grateful that I was able to enjoy the day with with minimal to no pain um and prior to that because stress flares me up really easily Zach and I both agreed that planning our wedding was going to be with love and with excitement and we were not going to let things stress us out. And you know, we held pretty, pretty true to that. 
Actually, the only time I stressed out was just with one seating arrangement at our wedding where I was like, oh, no, are these are these relatives going to get along? <laughs> I have a lot of divorce in my family, unfortunately. So um, it was like planning where the divorced couples were going to be with their new spouses. And I was like, oh, sweet. So, <laughs> so that was the only time I felt a little stressed. But other than that, you know, it all came together really seamlessly. Our, even our location was the first wedding location we looked at we just knew that was the one and like the first dress I tried on I knew that was the one everything just felt really good and natural wow and almost like it was meant to be it feels like if everything you know everything fell into place so easily definitely yeah yeah I think it would be great if we if you guys are comfortable if we could put like some pictures of your engagement and wedding and stuff on the Instagram so people can see and get a little bit of context and stuff yeah you betcha we got some really sweet you know formal ones but we've also a huge side of our relationship is uh we got a good laughing one where we're cracking up so that's the one I would say that's the one we like to keep it fun and light at home so lots of laughs so yeah we're gonna we're gonna send you that one too for We'll put that on the page. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad we got to do this episode. It's, it's sweet. And, uh, and then I just want to leave off with, you know, just, there is no perfect marriage. There is no perfect couple. So just live out of a place of love and compassion if that's accessible and doable for you at this time and the rest kind of comes together and just be open to what each other needs so yeah I just want to say if you're thinking oh man like perfect marriage haha we got you fooled so (laughs) there is no such thing um so yeah we we work really well together but we also recognize that you know nothing's perfect yeah nice really yeah a really good note to add um because yeah honestly even I'm sat here like damn (laughs) they've really they've really got it on lock um yeah really cool thank you Zach for your time and sharing your insight and wisdom I'm thinking I'm wondering if maybe at some point you'd be open to coming back um because uh you know listeners might have questions off the back of this that they want they want to kind of ask specifically so maybe at some point we can do Janessa and Zach part two definitely um I'm always here so um (laughs) yep (laughs) just ask and you shall receive (laughs) amazing okay well um we will see you guys in two weeks time and take care until then and remember to let the light in Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> no, Yay! don't cut it Maybe out. Maybe we didn't.